Hello, everyone. This is David Lee McAllister from the Juice Box Time podcast. We would personally like to shout out our podcast hosting service, podbean.com. If you are interested in starting a podcast and putting it out to the world in easy step-by-step instructions, head to podbean.com to get started. Let's go. Are you motherfuckers thirsty? Because it's Juice Box Time. Waves today were in full time. I'm going to call you Pound because you're a little bitch. Look how strong you are. Look at those fucking arms. Baby boy. You're all just a bunch of cock knockers. Dude, what is up? Just another day in paradise. You ready to pop the cherry on this juice box? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Juice Box Time Podcast. I am your host, David Lee McAllister, and... What up? This is Malcolm. How are we feeling tonight, guys? We're going to open up the episode with a little cheers. We're sipping on some peanut butter whiskey. Uh, Shout out to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Uh, They're coming out of... uh, Where are they coming out of? I don't know, but it's really peanut buttery. Like super peanut butter. Oh my buttery. goodness, dude. <laughs> what? Like it's kind of crazy. That is insane, dude. What the hell? That is like the sweetest whiskey I've ever ta- tasted in my it's, life. It's strange. It's for it's... sure strange. All right, so jumping right in, we uh, just want to welcome anybody who's uh, still with us or new joining us. This is episode number three. Uh, the, the number three has always been kind of special to me. Been very significant in your life it was your baseball number when you were playing baseball back in high school i remember that and that's all because i don't know how many people know this or not but i am actually malcolm ross ramsey the third i'm the i've third. said that in previous episodes however um i'm the on. third iteration it's weird he's the uh malcolm <laughs> 3000 all right so uh we know that everybody's going through the same thing right now we're all kind of stuck dealing with this coronavirus the crisis corona, corona corona but uh don't you want corona we don't want to spend too much time this episode focusing on that topic we want to get uh any listeners that we have a way to maybe just get out of that oh, mindset yeah, i feel like Not- people are definitely tired of hearing yeah. about coronavirus i mean it's so, definitely something to stay in tune with, but I don't think it's something that you should occupy all of your time with. No, so right now we just we want to focus this however much time we can give you to get your mind off of it. Think about something else. Uh, really, the only, the only things that we want to discuss about it right now are just, you know, remain vigilant, you know, take care of yourself. Try to stay, stay as healthy as possible. Stay stay inside if you can. If you're working, do everything you can to, you know, stay away from people as much as possible. Wash your hands. Stay clean. Of course, of course. Um, so with that, what what we're gonna actually do with this episode is let you in, let the listeners in, tell <clears throat> you guys our story from yeah from I the mean, start. I feel like we kind of came in to the first two episodes without having really given a a description of who we are personally and I think as host and co-host I feel as if the the people should know a little bit of a backstory of where we came from and I mean just how like our upbringing has influenced who we are as people today because I mean I gave a little tidbit of information on the last episode but I mean 
If you want to, know, if you haven't heard that yet, go ahead and go listen to that on, on episode two, Kumquats or Kumcrocs. Um, I mean, that story. I mean, that's just a little tidbit of my my life. Some of the little bit of shit that I've been through. I mean, it's a lot of shit. <laughs> but this is gonna be a more generalized breakdown, like the story. Just, I mean, obviously, with me being the older of the two, it's gonna start with me and. David will come in a little later on, and we'll just discuss kind of how our upbringing guided us, and how it how it differed through each other, like how it differed from me to him. Because obviously, you saw things differently than I saw them. Oh yeah. And we just we want to have this discussion to allow you all to really get to know us. Uh, I had actually heard from a couple people that they thought that would be a really good uh, episode idea. So that's what we're going to do with this one. Hopefully you like it, and we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I think initially we should start out like kind of describing where our mom came from. She was born in Maine. <clears throat> Livermore Falls is where she's from in Maine, and uh, she ended up moving to california which is where she met malcolm's father and i'll let you go ahead and take it from here buddy because i don't really uh, know before we get into the starting of the story um we just want to take a quick second to thank everybody that has tuned in and is continuing to tune in and showing us support in any way that um they have at the up, up to this point sorry about that i got a little bit ahead of you yeah, you, you forgot the <laughs> yeah, plot for, line there. I'm sorry, guys. I forgot about <laughs> you. I won't ever do that again. But, uh, yeah, we just want to, like... Our most important part. <laughs> yeah, we just want to kind of break down a little bit of time and just really describe to you guys how much you guys really mean to us because even at the amount of listens we're to, at right now, which, I mean, isn't that much, but we're, we're generally rising... I like to see the numbers rising how they are at the moment. It's it's a quick, pro- it's not a fast progression, but it's just definitely going to be worth it if it continues at this rate. It's you know what I mean. It's giving me a really good feeling. Like yeah. it, it's ha- it's something I look forward to. I get up in the morning and I check the numbers. I check them again later exactly, that night, and it make it make even if it's one listen, it makes me feel better. Yeah, it makes somebody me know heard that, your story. Yeah, it makes me. It makes me know that I, I'm not doing this for nothing. Somebody is out there listening, which is, it's a great feeling. It really is. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And with that, the, the story of us. The story of Malcolm and David. If you're going to do it alphabetically, it should be the story of David and Malcolm, but we're going to do it phonetically instead. Uh, yeah, age-wise, I'm older. Uh, so basically... My story starts with my mom and my dad. Um, I, I think they met at an auction house that my mom's aunt ran, and my dad was the auctioneer of. Uh, I've thought, I thought about this earlier, and I've thought about it a bunch of times. So if, if you do the math, technically, I think mom was 17 when I was born, or when I was conceived. Which is, you know, weird because my dad was 34, but, you know, it Times was... Times were different. Times was, were way different. It was 1989. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying numbers. Uh, it's that peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, it might be that. Um, so, 
I was born in September of 1990 in Fresno, California. Uh, my mom had turned 18 at that point, and I spent, I think, two and a half-ish years in Fresno, California, where eventually my mom and my dad broke up. She stopped seeing, stopped seeing him, and then eventually met uh, what would become... Amanda, my little sister's dad, uh, she, my mom flew to Jordan, where he was from, got married to him, and I was, I think, staying with my aunt. Yeah, they left you alone, or she left you alone here, well, not alone, but left She left me with my aunt, my family, and I think my dad- To get a traditional Jordanian marriage with with him, because he was from the Middle East- think that my dad kidnapped me <laughs> be like he was there why should why wasn't i with him so he just came and like stole me <laughs> i don't think at that point it's called stealing but, or kidnapping yeah, but i don't really know what it is at that point but eventually um my amanda's dad got a job offer or something in Illinois so we moved to a city right on the east side of the border from St. Louis in Illinois called Granite City uh I'm pretty sure I touched on the story of why mom and him split up on a previous episode uh the whole beating me and Burger King stuff yeah I remember that and then uh so they split up, and shortly thereafter, when I was about five, um, our grandma, mom's mom, uh, introduced mom to a tow truck driver, a tow truck driver by the name of Dave, and uh, funny story, the first time I met Dave, mom was went out on a date with him, and... I was being watched by somebody, me and Amanda. Uh, I must have went to bed, and I woke up and went to go to Mom's room, and a strange man was in Mom's bed. Strange man being Dave. Dave, the tow truck driver who ended up becoming uh, my stepfather and the father of my two youngest siblings, David and Andrea. And Andrea. Yeah. So from there, uh, Dave got, Dave followed his brother, Bob. Bob got a job offer at either what was Affiliated Metals or Metals USA, either or. I'm not sure which one. It ended up being the opposite a little later on. Um, So mom moved us, me and Amanda, and herself with Dave up to... A house outside of Kendallville, Indiana, when I had just started kindergarten down in Illinois. So I uh, had to start a new school halfway through the year. We were living at a house there. Dave was working in Butler. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, we ended up moving to Butler, and that was about the time that mom would have been getting pregnant with you and right before I started first grade in Butler at Butler Elementary the original school not the new one uh, David was born 
um, a year and a half ish later, Andrea came. We were they still. They didn't take much time off. No, no, they didn't. It was pretty much bam, bam, bang, bang. And this was all before they got married. They got married in '99 at some point. I think and after Andrea was born, and I would have been in second grade at that point. And shortly thereafter, we moved to County Road 59, and that's where your story pretty much starts because those would have been your first memories. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't really remember a whole lot from being too, too young, but, like, I probably think about three or four, about re- around the time when I was learning how to ride a bike with, like, the time with training wheels and then coming out of training wheels is probably the time that I remember the most because I don't know if you can see it. There's like a scar on my chin right there. You see it? Can't see it. Yeah, I got, plus I got a little beard thing, but, um, yeah, you remember that, you remember that giant rock at the end of the driveway? Vaguely. And it was like indented into the ground, but it was a giant boulder. I, I like fell off my bike when I was trying to like learn how to ride without training wheels and I uh ended up falling and hitting my chin right on that big rock and I have a scar from it but yeah I also remember like do you remember that one lady that used to come through the house and she would do like daycare stuff at the house do you remember that at all with me Amanda and Andrea she would have like tea parties with Amanda and Andrea and play with us and shit I no you're probably in school Probably. Or something I don't know, but <clears throat> yeah, I remember though that time those times, and I remember having all the kittens in what I used to call uh what was that kitten's name Jeff Gordon, <laughs> because my dad was a huge race race car fan and a NASCAR fan, so I had to pick someone, and Jeff Gordon was my favorite racer, so I just named a cat I guess, <laughs> and then that cat ended up like either running away or dying. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Nope. I don't. The only cat from that time I remember the name of Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> the one that used to sit on Dad's head, dude. <laughs> that cat lived forever. Yeah, and then it disappeared for about two months, and then came back and died. Weird. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of like my little league baseball experiences, but. Other than that, my my childhood is kind of vague because it didn't last long, you know what I mean? I mean, if that makes any sense. Because I kind of had to grow up fast, having lost d- dad at 13 years old. I mean... You were younger than that. No, I wasn't. I was 13. Oh. 2011. But, um... Having lost him that young, I kind of progressed really fast. So I think a lot of my memories from being a kid are kind of suppressed because of that mid-teenage trauma that I went through at the time. And, I mean, I was kind of just seeking for a lot of attention at that time. That's why I would always be caught, like, trying to go out and do stuff with a bunch of people in other towns and whatnot because I wanted attention from people. I was kind of seeking all that shit, but, I mean, at that point, that's, that's about the time where I lost my virginity as well, and I, that's, that's one reason why I think that, that I was, like, searching for attention at that time, was because I had 
recently lost my dad, and it just felt like I needed something to fulfill some sort of void, but I was definitely way too young to be, like, even doing anything sexual, so I do do regret being that young and whatnot, and yeah, but what are you trying to count? I'm just trying to do the math, so... I mean, but you have memories from when we moved from 59 to Main Street. Yeah, the greenhouse, but I'm talking about mostly County Road 59. Like, I remember most of the greenhouse, you chucking controllers at your walls, um, Uh, me watching the... Washer and dryer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I shared a room with the laundry room. (laughs) Me watching uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and WWE all the time. The jankiest ass. Do you remember bathtub? dad? Do you remember dad uh, swatting a bat out of the air yes. with a with a broom and yep. its blood was purple? Yep, that was crazy, dude. That bat house, from the basement. Yeah, that ha- that house always had bats, bro. Yeah, it was weird. always had bats. It was disgusting. And then, I mean, that was about I want to say eighth. My eighth grade year, so when I was like fourteen, you would have been like. Seven. I wasn't even in elementary school then. I I was in kindergarten when we moved to the trailer. Really? Yeah. We moved to the trailer. What? Two thousand four. Yeah, right before I started my seventh grade year, I would have been thirteen. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You would have been six. So you would have been going into kindergarten when we moved there. Mm-hmm. And then we lived in the trailer forever. Yeah. It was where a lot of our... I mean, that was your childhood. That yeah. was your that childhood. That was my childhood home. And that was my high school home and my early adult home. Same here. I became an adult in that home. Worked my ass off and came home to that home all the time. So... About the time that, I mean, obviously through my high school experience at the trailer, the dynamic in the house shifted. The fighting got a lot worse. The tension grew because money got tighter. Yep. And it was just chaos. And it then it just I'm, seemed as if the the love that they once shared wasn't completely there. Yeah, and then and, <clears throat> and it was just like feeling as if it was. Coming from else, like, there was an outside source. Elaborate. Yeah. What do you mean outside? Oh, well, what do I mean by outside source, you mean? <laughs> yes. You you say? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, I mean, it, it felt like that it wasn't plotted, per se, because I don't want to speak badly upon Mom, because I don't know what was going through her head, her head at the time, or I don't know what was going on fully, because I was a kid at the time, however... Um, it just seemed like her attention was elsewhere at the time that the the divorce happened. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the divorce happened. After. It wasn't finalized until after I was out of the house. Mm-hmm. But before I was out of the house, um, he had actually moved out. Mm-hmm. And you had struggles with that, I'm sure. Yeah, because... Um, Mostly, I feel really bad, and I feel I used to feel like a really materialistic... Well, I feel like I was a materialistic kid because I definitely wouldn't have been like this if I would have known the outcome 
but like back in the day to be honest I like was so caught up with like having friends and to be honest trying to get pussy you know what I mean when I was a little kid and teenager in high school because I'd already lost my well no I hadn't lost my virginity yet but I was still trying to get girls and stuff because I I was just getting into seventh grade eighth grade or whatnot and whatnot but I was still trying to get girls and I mean I just the the money struggles that my dad was going through at the time when he had to go out on his own he ju- he had just gotten his back surgery and the place that he was employed wouldn't allow him back and that really fucked him over so we went on unemployment and then went through a temp agency through a couple jobs and just wasn't making the funds available for that and then I just really felt as if I shouldn't have brought friends over there because initially they would probably end up eating stuff and doing like I don't know drinking all the drinks and eating all the food there and that's something that I didn't want to happen because he he didn't have a whole lot of it but also because like I just there wasn't a whole lot to do there so generally I would just go to mom's house because mom had generally had a whole bunch of food in the house and it was just a cool place for everyone to go and just chill out, and that's what, what, like, most of my life became was just chilling out at my house because all my friends ended up conglomerating there, you know what I mean? And then things ended up getting out of hand over time, but we'll get into that in a little bit. However, I just feel as if, like, <clears throat> I shouldn't have been like that whatsoever because I really do regret the fact that I didn't spend all that quality time in the year or two years prior before he had passed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I completely understand what you mean. I I mean, he was he was my stepdad, but he was the main dad I had in my life. Of course. For the majority of it. And there was a period of time where he like me and him didn't always see eye to eye. We had our fights. Uh a lot of it was because alcohol was involved. I just I cared about him, and I saw the problems he had, and I wanted him to change, and he wouldn't. And the only way I could express that was through anger at the time, so I I backlashed at him. And then when he moved out, I, I lost a relationship with him for a period of time. I didn't, like, talk to him a whole bunch, mm-hmm. which, looking back now, sucks. There's nothing we can do about it now, but I can, I can thank him now for everything that he did do i was just a really quiet kid so like generally and when i was younger when i was like around him i was more so like watching him i was like trying to learn from him i was trying to learn shit and generally just be a kid and kind of i was just a really quiet kid so i didn't talk a whole lot you you know that I, i mean shy i was a shy ass little kid that's why I'm trying to do this podcast as well because I mean break so out of your it's shell. really helping me break out of my shell and thus get more comfortable talking, and that's one thing from like a long time ago. This is something that I struggle with like daily, and it's something that I have overcame, but it still kind of trembles me some days. I I mumble a lot and I tend to stutter and stammer. St- st- like right now, stumble over words and I just, I can't help it. I, I used to have a really bad stutter and I've gotten over it and 
like the way I talk now is a whole lot better than it used to be. I used to fill my whole language with ums and buts and I mean, I still do it. I still do it as well, but it used to be really bad as a kid. Like I couldn't talk because I, w- I was just so shy. I just had no confidence whatsoever. You didn't know how to get out ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Out of, like you couldn't get in front of your own head. Yeah, to get because the out. I've already explained that my head like works at a thousand <laughs> miles an hour. All right, so from there, Dave's out of the house. I then graduate high school in two thousand nine. You're twelve ish, eleven, twelve. Uh, no, yeah. So early two thousand nine, you hadn't quite turned twelve yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I move out almost immediately after graduation, yeah, like within a week. Fort Wayne, right? Yeah, moved down to Canterbury with my buddies Jared and Robbie, and the house went batshit, right? Yeah, I, like I, I don't mean, know much about it from there until like from that point, mom, she was like. At the house, but she was mainly, like, going out and hanging out with the guy that she was with. I'm not going to name him by the name because I just, I just don't feel like getting into that. I just really feel as if we should respect that and not name names in that situation, however. How are we going to tell stories about that without naming names? Change his name. Let's refer to him as... Billy. 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 He's he, he could be a Billy. Yeah, he's a Billy. Alright, so <laughs> mom was hanging out with Billy for a while and like it just ended up becoming more and more like he was getting all of her attention and my dad really started noticing that and the thing is is that Billy was our neighbor and Billy was a guy that my dad had really kind of gained a relationship with being neighbors and they kind of became friends but then Dude came in and fucked my dad's wife. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> did we tell the Billy story? No, we our did first not. first experience? No, we did not, but we can tell that. I mean, basically, y- y'all have watched Cops or Live PD and saw... We saw that live. You saw how like funny it can be? Well, imagine your first night... In a new house, and by house I mean double wide trailer in a trailer park in a hick little town, and you don't even have curtains up. Really, no yet. curtains. We just moved in, literally cinder blocks in front of the house as steps. And uh, first night, you see cherries and berries out the window, and see a guy run from the cops and get tasered and right in our front yard and eventually that guy ends up fucking your mom yeah crazy how the world works right <laughs> it's weird shit it turns in a weird way <laughs> so and meanwhile while <clears throat> the chaos is descending upon the house uh there's really no control there no, my sister, or our sister, I, I per se, should say, whatever the term is. Um, she ended up having a, a, a big group of friends that wasn't really the, the best, like... Role models? Role models, exactly, to have in the house. And... Not for sorry. a 
12. Not for a 12 and 13 year old kids. Like, it was, there was a lot of illicit activities going on that no one should have been around at our age or have been happening in the house whatsoever. But it was just chaos because no one ran the house really. It was just kind of everyone in and out and hanging out when they wanted to, which that was a behavioral trait that ended up being passed down to me when I ended up having all my friends over to to the house when I was a senior in high school. So, I mean, I can't really put the blame on our sister 100% because, I mean, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, we all did. We all had our experiences through high school where... took advantage of... Mom. Yeah. I mean, mom's rule with me was, I don't care where you're at, what day it is, just let me know when you're... Where... Let me know where you... Shit. God damn, hitting the pop filter. Let me know where you're at. Let me know if you're going to be home, basically. That was the rules. And we kind of just ran with that as much as we could. Uh, yeah, pretty much. We had a very lenient setup as yeah. as far as like a growing up. So, meanwhile, I'm down in Fort Wayne going to uh, IPFW. And by going, I should put air quotes around that because it was so-so. I went and I didn't went. Didn't I did went. and I didn't went. <laughs> I your, did and I didn't went. one-liners are ridiculous. <laughs> but... Uh, I just wasn't feeling it, to be honest. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point. Uh, I finally have some direction, it seems like, now, 10 years later. But it is what it is. Uh, So I basically just gave in to partying on a daily basis. I mean, at least Thursday through Sunday. And I ruined a friendship for a little while because of it. Because Jared's parents actually co-signed on the apartment. And we kind of just took advantage of it and made it our party spot. And he was actually going to school, trying to focus on school. Uh, Which, shout out to him. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's respectable. I mean, yeah, he did... He went to school, did what he intended to do, and has a career doing it now. And, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, Of course. But we ended up only lasting six months there. We just, we could, me and Robbie couldn't afford to pay it, and Jared had left. Uh, So I ended up coming back home uh, late December of that year into a house that had completely been taken over by scoundrels, uh, hood rats. That too. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, at the time. Yeah, which I mean, at the time, to anybody that was hanging out at that time who has gotten their shit together, like one hundred percent respect to you guys. I, I I don't mean to disrespect you guys. We're just trying to tell the story of the lives that we kind of had in our own perspectives. I mean, it was crazy, but I'm happy that I got to know people. Like I got to know them. Yeah, because it's led to semi relationships that have lasted or. I mean, I, I don't know what that meant. Just go on. Uh, so, I'm back home for a brief period of time. Really brief. I ended up moving back down we to We ended Portland. up sharing a room together at that point. Yeah, for a little while. 
I ended up watching Due Date with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis and crying my fucking eyes out in the room. Like, no, that was the second time. That was when I moved back from California. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because you know why you cried. Yeah. So that wouldn't have happened until after. Okay, yeah. Um, Correlated too early. So I moved back. This would have been right before uh, 2010 started and lived at home for a little while and then moved back down to Fort Wayne with my buddy Kyle and Jay lived there at the time. Uh, Lived with them, then lived with Robbie, Kyle, Colt at another apartment Um, in between met a girl started dating her lived with her for a little while we broke up i end up moving to california on a whim like a buddy had to drive back out there and i just went lasted three weeks with a place to stay couldn't find a job ended up a week homeless on the beach mom sent me money to get a greyhound to come back and first day on that Greyhound, uh, that's when I learned of your dad's passing. Amanda called me bawling. Yeah. I got uh, a call in my backpack. I w- it, school had ju- literally just ended. Like, it was like 3.20. That's what time school ended at, right, at Eastside? Yeah. <coughs> school ended at 3.20, and I was walking down right next to the soccer field and I feel in my backpack and then mom's calling me saying you need to come home as soon as you can I go why I was about to go somewhere and get a drink or something from the the little gas station (coughs) and she goes you need to get home right now so I like heard the trembling in her voice so I fucking ran home I fucking sprinted home didn't stop and then right when I stepped on the porch dude I forgot this weird ass feeling dude and then I I stepped inside uh, saw Amanda, uh, Andrea, and Mom all sitting on the the couch. But the couch was over by the, the window in the trailer. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? It was over there. And um, Erica, our stepsister, were there, was there. And, well, before she was our stepsister. However, uh, she was there, and, like, my mom told me what had happened. And she told me that he had a heart attack. And I was like, well, is he okay? And she goes, no, he, he's gone. And I, go, I just couldn't, I didn't feel that I started crying. But just tears, like straight flowing down my face. I run to my room, bury my face in my pillow. And then just, just I don't even remember, dude. I don't remember what happened because I pretty much think I just raged out and just blacked out at that point because I have no recollection of that whole next day until we got up. Like I have no recollection of that point in time until we got up to the, to Illinois for the, for the, well, that wasn't until two days later. I know. So like, I have no, those two days was just full of like crying and crying and hatred from myself and not being close enough because like he had mentioned that he was going to, St. Louis to to work with Uncle Mike to do stuff with Uncle Mike's fencing business, 
and like I I took just took it as oh dad's going to Illinois he'll be back he'll be back in a couple of days he's just going to work so I didn't really take it as like I should really say goodbye to him so I never got the chance to really like 100% say goodbye I love you dad like I have no remembrance of the last conversation we had I remember the last very intimate conversation we had and that was when I had told him that I didn't want to play baseball anymore like a year or two prior to his death because I had ended up finding out that I was super fucking fast and I ended up getting like not recruited by the track coach but the track coach saw some potential in me so they really wanted me to go run track so instead I Instead of playing baseball, I hid it from my dad a little bit for a couple of weeks, and then I just broke down and started crying in front of him. And he, he started crying in front of me. He was like, "Why the fuck would you think I would be like ashamed of you for not one for doing what you want to do? Like, just because I love baseball, and I mean, I'm sure you still love baseball, dude. But I, do what you want to do. Like, there's no there's no limit to what your potential could be. So." Go live your life to your your full potential. Don't ever give up. And we just had like a really intimate little like father son moment, and that's a lot, really the last conversation that I remember. And the sad thing is that like one reason why I said why I wanted to make podcasts is because I want people to remember my voice. If I do have children or do have family members that want to look back on it, I really wish I had something to look back on from him, dude. Like. I really wish there was, like, VHS tapes somewhere of, like... Yeah. I really wish there was. Even if it was when he was young. Even if it was just, like, seeing him. Yeah. Because it's, like... Which I'm sure there's VHS somewhere, dude. There might be. I don't... I have no idea. You'd have to get a hold of your family. Yeah. Uh, Which, that's another thing that I'd really like to get a hold of, like, Uncle Gene about, is because, like... Some of your dad's stuff. Yeah, dude. Like, they... Like, I'm not saying that they, they had every right to take, like, as much stuff as they wanted. That was his bro- their brother. But, like, I would really like to get the stuff back from them because, like, I'm not saying that they're going to pass anytime soon. I really don't want that to happen whatsoever to any of my family. But when the time comes that they do pass, I want it to be inherited by someone that will respect it fully and by someone that has a general respect for seeing it as a child and growing up around all that stuff, dude, like, all, well, I mean, all I, the Budweiser <clears throat> stuff, I'd love to get back, dude. Like Me, personally, my opinion on it is you, Andrea, and Amanda should have had for well, in... I mean, we got generally the stuff that we wanted, but at the time I was a child, I didn't get to notice, like, the stuff that was so cool that he, like, his knickknacks that he had, dude, like... I mean, his children, Matt, Jessica, you... Yeah. Andrea, Amanda, you guys should have had first pick on stuff. That's something that we need to get up on the table, dude, is Dad's naval flag. Yeah. That'd be cool as fuck. Um, before, right before I went to California, actually, Dave was the last stop I made. His yeah. house was the last stop I made. Yeah, he gave you that jersey that, that time, didn't he? He gave me the jersey, and I got, I got my mitt from him. Yeah. Uh, and then... I don't know if you know this story. I mean, you know that when my dad got sick for the last time, me and mom flew out there, stayed for a week, and then flew back. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it 
it was within the next week then, um, my mom got a call and she informed me that my dad passed when I was 10. Uh, it didn't really hit me until I got home and the first face I saw when I walked in the door was your dad and I kind of just fell into his arms and broke down. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't have. Uh, but that's, I mean, I don't know what about it didn't hit right away until I saw his face. I mean, like, at that it, point... It was almost like, you're all I have now. Yeah, like I didn't, exactly. I didn't have my dad in my life completely as it was just because he was in California. I was in, in, in Indiana, and I only got to see him a few times... Before, I mean, like five, six times, maybe three months worth of my life, I really got to have any kind of remembrance of right. my father. Right. Uh, so Dave was all I had at that point. And even though I neglected him at times, I think he understood genuinely that I respected him. Well, he was a family man. Like that's, yeah, 100%. that's for sure. Like, he took care of everyone. As much as he could for as long as he could. This is about, this got me, like, tearing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it was. Oh, yeah, dude. He, he took care of his own. He definitely worked his ass off, dude. But then... Worked his fair share. I spent those next two days on that gray, Greyhound knowing that I was going to have to get right back in a vehicle and drive, drive to Illinois. Exactly, and then at that point, really, you were stepping into the, the the at least for me and Andrea, the main, like, role model, father figure, not father figure, but just main figure in our life. Really, like, like me and Andrea really looked up to you, dude. Well, I I was it. I was all you yeah. had at that point. I mean, we had mom dating Billy, but. Couldn't really look up to Billy. Billy was a... Billy Billy we'll get, was a character. We'll probably tell you other stories about him. We'll get into Bill, We'll get into Billy a little bit after break, but... Uh, yeah, we could probably talk about that a little bit after break. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we could probably loop that in with the crazy guy that we're talking about during break. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, you know, I'm back from California... And I'm at the house, I'm back at the house for a few years, actually, at that point. Yeah. I don't and know if you remember this story, but at that point, I think it was a couple, it was definitely after Dad passed away, and definitely within the year pa the year after he had passed, because I had started really going up and hanging out at uh, the Truth in Him skate, skate um, shop, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I don't know if you remember this at all, but I, well, I'll just tell, break the story down a little bit. So I was in the, in the back of the skate shop, they used to have a, um, a mini ramp. It was a bit, it was a little like three foot quarter pipe. And that's where I really learned how to skate like vert whatsoever is on that little three or three foot quarter pipe. That thing was probably where I learned the most kind about skateboarding really dude was inside that, that little skate shop. Shout out to Frank Thomas for opening that and get really giving me another guy to look up to 
other than the person that I had at home. Because, I mean, if I wouldn't have had, like, being, a- being able to go up there and being able to hang out, hang out with Frank and all my friends and whatnot, dude, that was just a, a, a good release at the time where I, I, was, I was just innocent and needed somewhere to go because my time at home was either filled with Mom and Billy arguing or... Just doing things you shouldn't have been doing. Or an annoyance. Yeah, I, I mean, but going there, I mean, what I was doing this particular night was I was just skating in the in the back of the the shop on the mini ramp, and I had taken a break, and I used to be able to do, like, when I was, like, 13, 14, I used to be able to do, like, front flips and front handsprings and whatnot. I can still do... You're saying like a lot. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, I was doing front flips inside the mini ramp, and I ended up doing one, and somebody kicked a skateboard out, and I ended up landing on the tail of one right when I did a front flip, and that board, I'll tell you what, man, that board fucking pogoed right (laughs) up to my fucking temple, dude. Not, Not my temple, but the center of my forehead... It's very noticeable. Well, not very noticeable anymore, but it was very noticeable at the time because I definitely had a gash all the way down to my skull, and I lost a lot of blood inside the, the skate shop. Didn't you run over to Mom's work? Yeah, I ran with my hand covering my bloody... Fucking adrenaline wound, pumping. My bloody wound covered by my hand. <laughs> Mom, ran, I'm fucked. Ran into the bar with a bunch of old people with blood streaming down my face. <laughs> the fuck is this kid doing? Yeah, and then uh, mom ends up taking me to the hospital. Uh, I do remember, like, sitting in the hospital bed. We were watching, uh, watching. Watching. <laughs> we were watching a, oh my God. <laughs> we were watching, what's that movie? Is it called The Happening? Is that with uh, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. The one with the wind. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude. We were watching that and like... Stupid fucking movie. <laughs> I just remember vividly watching that black kid like get shot by that shotgun. You remember that scene? No. But um, we were watching that movie and this doctor came in and ended up like numbing up my scar, my wound, and ended up g- giving me like 13... Stables? No, 13 stitches on the inside of the wound because it was so deep. He had to do like stitch and then stitch over the skin. Yeah, he had to layer it. He did like 13 on the inside and then 18 up on the surface. And like mom looked at right before he stitched me up, mom was like, he the doctor cleaned it up and then got it all nice looking. And I went like this. I just took my my fingers on my forehead and I spread it like this. And uh, I looked at mom and I was like, mom, what does it look like? And she's like, oh my God, it's literally so white. She's like, it's literally whiter than the, the, the blanket, like (laughs) the hospital hospital blankets, dude. She said like she could see either a tendon or a bone. And it was literally like the whitest thing she'd ever seen. She could not believe her eyes, dude. And then the doctor was like, you know, girls think scars are cool. And I was like, yeah, I don't think a girl is going to think this fucking scar in the middle of my forehead is going to be very cool, dude. Uh, And then from that point on, all the way through fucking high school mostly, I was called like, not called per se, but people were always like, (laughs) 
Harry Potter. You look like Harry Potter with your fucking scar and your glasses. Kids are fucks. And does that take us into break? Yeah, we can go to break. Yeah, it's a good time. We'll be back. We will be back, back, back to the show. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Juice Box Time Podcast. I am your host, David Lee McAllister, and I am doing a shimmy this whole time. Why? Because I'm feeling energetic because of this peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey. Um, It's really got you feeling energetic? Yeah, I don't know why. It's got me feeling warm and in a good mood. I, uh, I don't know what it is, but after the break... My, my stomach kind of hurts. I don't know what's going on. You're being a little butt. Yeah, I'm being a little bitch. My stomach kind of hurts also, but... It is what it is. Let's yes. fight through the pain. But coming back from break, break we would like to di- uh, divert from our life stories a little just bit. Brief. And just, just brief. And get a little bit of uh, entertainment news. Because why not? You know what I mean? Try to gain any sort of support through any genre. Of entertainment, really. It's good to spice it up every once in a while. Change things true, up. True. Throw a curveball. True, 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 true. Um, and especially is, something so controversial. Yeah, and I mean, this is something that... Deserves I mean, probably a whole episode. Maybe. I mean, depending on how you format it and what you talk about during it. But this is something that you, you have more of an interest in, really, than me. I mean, I kind of follow it. I kind of... Like his music a little bit. I mean, I don't... I like his music, but it's not like I'm like a, a dick-riding fan, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, anyways, the person that we're speaking of is a rapper who goes by the name of YNW Melly. Um, he was charged in 2019. I think I have the specific... Well, I had the specifics up. He was charged in 2019 with a uh, double homicide... Of uh, two of his friends that were in the same car as him and another friend, which was also arrested as an accomplice to the murders. So, I mean, basically he was charged with two counts of murder. Well, because then it, was, the, it was also, they, they're trying to get it where it's premeditated. He yeah. Basically, what they're saying he did... Was they, pretty much what they say he did was stage a drive-by shooting after the fact that the two guys were already shot and dead. So they staged the drive-by shooting to look, make it look like other people, other people shoot shot them, and then they ended up taking them to the hospital the next morning, already dead, yep. and then. A bunch of shit ended up happening. But the weird thing is is that there's literally no DNA on the car from Melly at all. So it's like really hard to like process him for this because and it's really weird because of the fact that like when he was initially served the uh what is it, the 
warrant. The warrant. Ar- he wasn't served it, but he turned himself in. Yeah, he served him, or he turned himself in, rather than having to then like look for him, or go out on like to arrest him. He turned himself in rather than like fleeing the country because they had they had somebody in, in who they thought was yeah they had somebody who th- they thought was the suspect and then then he ended up turning himself in which is rather than running when yeah he which have. shows that he's cooperating with the police but the even weirder part is is that we didn't even mention this is the dude's got mixed personalities he's got dissociative identity disorder well that's uh People are saying that he's he's come out and said that he's bipolar, mm-hmm. and there's people who think that he has some form of schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder. Or he always along refers those lines. anytime he gets mad, he refers to himself as Melvin. But anytime he's in just a good mood or regular like rap guy or his regular persona, he's Melly. But then there's other personas that he says that he has never let out before because they're just too, they're just too crazy. He said that he only lets Melvin out at night, which is weird. The reason they're able to still hold him right now without any DNA evidence is they're banking on a story, I guess, that he uh, had overheard one of the two deceased parties like ynw sax chaser or something yeah had threatened his mom and Hmm. this the the murder was out of retaliation yeah see i saw a text or i saw something about like he texted his girlfriend or something at the time that he didn't trust the two that were in the front seats which was the ynw sax chaser and the other ynw guy i don't know his name but it's um, just to me it's just crazy because like he could get charged. I mean, he's been charged, but he could get convicted of the double murder, be put to the death penalty, and somehow, through all of it, be actually wrongly convicted. Yeah. Or but I mean, he could end up walking and actually have done it. Yeah. it's It it's, could go either way. It's really a, it's a hard scale. It's either tilting one way really hard or the other way really hard, you know what I mean? But there's not really any median in the middle, but I think people either lean far towards the left or really far towards the right in this situation because it's like, oh, this dude is just a thug that uses a bunch of auto-tune on his music. And the other side is like, well, he's actually like a really artistic and really lingual and... melodic singer and he produces like his production isn't all that great from some of his songs but like the bangers that he's put out with like Kanye West and shit like that are really well produced however he's just a person that people are like kind of found an interest in because he was kind of like Low key crazy or something like that. People found that found that intriguing in him, I guess. But also the fact that he came up with the song "Mixed Personalities" and explaining the the fact that he deals and struggles with like DID or it, se- it seems like he maybe he self proclaimed that he has dissociative identity disorder. But either way, I mean, it seems like the dude has struggled with who he is as a person, and I mean, people probably want his story to be told fully rather than finding him dead on death row. But 
to if me. he if he does have dissociative identity disorder though, I don't see why he couldn't plead insanity or something like that. Well, it's just to me like the only way he deserves the death penalty is if he's a not crazy, like if there's like if he's in his sane mind and he premeditated this murder. Mm-hmm. Like if this was all thought out in his right mind, he deserves to be put to the death penalty. Like anybody that is a murderer t- does in my opinion does. Like if you take a life from another human, you don't necessarily deserve to live. No. But like the weird like the weird thing is is that he released a song a year prior to his friends being dead or shot dead. And it was called Murder on My Mind, which it, the courts took to, which they took it to the courts, and they're they're using it against him no, as trying. as if they can't though. They yeah, can't. they're using it as trying to use it as like some they, sort of proof, tried. but they they ended up not being able to to use that for his sentence. So, I mean, I just find it really weird that the dude has made songs about accidentally killing one of his friends and then. Ended up a year later, literally shooting his friends, or or possibly not shooting his friends, allegedly shooting his friends. Let's say that. But it's just weird that the dude is still producing music from prison at the moment. It's well, I mean, really it's weird that be having some sort of outsource, like special permission or something. Uh, but like I was trying to say, if. If there is something wrong with him legitimately where he has some sort of mental illness, it shouldn't be taken lightly. And if that's what caused this murder, it, it, with as sensible as it – or with as much sense as it doesn't make that it happened, if it happened because there's something not right with his mind, he doesn't necessarily deserve to be put to death. No. Personally, though, do you think that he deserves the death penalty like from – the evidence that you've seen thus far, I, I personally feel as if that there needs to be more evidence in order to well, try him for the, the... To me, right now, with the lack of evidence other than the motive, which is still... I mean, that's... Then that's, again, we don't know if... like Honestly, I feel like Melly ha- probably has a very... like. He's not a pushover or anything, but he probably has like a very submissive personality compared to quote unquote Melvin or whatever. So say Melly was in the back seat, right, with with the other guy, YMW Court Cortel Bortland. YMW Bortland. And say Bortland ended up like getting in Melly's head like, yo, these motherfuckers are about to clap us. We need to clap right back. Like, what if he got into his head and ended up like persuading him and then Melly being who he is sitting in jail because of this he's not gonna rap Bortland out even no. if that is what happened because he's his boy and he's yeah. not gonna he's like damn bro like we in this together Fuck yeah it. but the thing is is that if that is what happens then if that is what happened then I feel like the blame should be shifted on Bortland but I don't feel as if Melly would ever come out to say it so I just don't know if we're ever going to have a full story, and it's, I mean, unfortunate because we don't know what's going to happen. No, but to be honest, it's a really good fucking story. If any of you guys haven't, like, really looked into it and followed up with it at all, like, all, it's really crazy. The tangents on it are really crazy, and it's kind of like, it's not really a conspiracy, but there's 
really a lot of shit that's kind of fucky with the whole situation. Yeah, it's just weird. And, I mean, it's just, it. part of it's sad. I mean, it's a 20-year-old kid. He's only 20? Yeah, he's young. Jesus Christ. He's 20, 21, he's young. I didn't know I was older than him. He's, yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely talented. He's got a, a I mean, lot did of... you see his, uh, did you see his, what's it called, the mugshot? The one where he's smiling? Yeah. Creepy. I mean, yeah, it's creepy as fuck, dude. That makes me think, like, maybe he does have split something. personality disorder, yeah. dude. Who knows? Like, because that's not something a sane person would just go do. Like, just smile right at the camera, looking deep into the lens, and just no. I mean, maniacally I, smiling. There was probably something, I mean, it... The only thing that makes sense to me is maybe his other personality was shining at that point. Yeah, he's like, look what I did. Like, it's just, it's a weird situation. And we really wanted to give you guys something else to break up the monotony of us talking about ourselves during this process of mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, but let's kind of get back to our own stories here. Um Let's talk about like where we're where we're progressing to in the the previous years leading up to right now. So, I mean, I guess where we left off with the story of you know your dad's passing and me moving back into the house. That's that's basically when I started my venture into the working world. I mean, I had spent some time doing some side jobs, like tree work and stuff, with some with a buddy's stepdad, and then I ended up helping a guy run an eBay store for a little while. He was a weird old man. Uh, I ran my hand over with a forklift running for him, or running his company. Uh, I actually got to see the ins and outs of a business, though, so that was, I mean, I guess somewhat beneficial. Yeah, at that time, I had started working at uh, Lakers, which was a little restaurant over on uh, Hamilton Lake in Hamilton, Indiana, which, if you guys have never been, best wings around northeastern Indiana. That's your opinion. (laughs) Well, they're pretty damn good. My opinion would be the arena in Fort Wayne. Teach their own. Yeah. Um, So, working for him, basically, it was just me spending a lot of my time doing everything except buying product. So, I just, I felt undervalued a little bit, and... That didn't end up working out with him. Uh, I ended up spending a little bit of time working on the road, uh, doing odd jobs, a couple different cities. Then I ended up getting a job at a fab shop, running first a plasma table, then a laser table, and eventually worked my way into the office and Eventually worked my way out of a job. Then came six months of unemployment. Describe what you mean by that. Oh. Basically, I 
I couldn't be paid what I was supposed to be paid. Like I got up to a point, and then I, they owed me more money raise wise, and they couldn't afford to keep me on, so they part decided to part ways for me, which happens. Uh, you can lose your jobs many a ways. Companies don't have to show you a lot of loyalty. It sucks from time to time, but it is what it is. That's why. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why I want to do this podcast, build our brand, build off of that brand, be able to work for ourselves, be our own bosses, uh, create everything. Create content for other people. I really, that's really one thing that I really want to do is, man, just build other people up and build their, their creativity. It's really one thing I really like to do, but I've always been, well, most of my life, I've been in the restaurant industry. Uh, Like I said, I was at Lakers for primarily all of my high school career, and while I was in high school, I was also doing like uh, um, a vocational class called Interactive Media. I think I touched touched on, uh, on it about it in another episode, but... Yeah, the interactive media class was like a creative, really shaping place for me. It really well, that's shaped. All, that's where it all, it all started. Yeah, for you, that's right? where it all started, and just doing like short films and learning the Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, shout out to my old teacher Jeanette. She was another person that I could really look up to that I didn't really have at home at the time. Not that mom wasn't a, a good role model because she worked her ass off, but she, like. Jeanette was just like a strict person to have in our life. When I was home, I had leniency. When I was out at school and at vocational, it was it was expectations. She taught you the discipline of work ethic. Yes, and that's one thing that like I've taken to heart from her is that like good enough isn't so trying to put in the extra effort. Put in the extra effort to produce something that is 100% authentic to who you are. Don't put out shit that doesn't resonate with who yeah, you are. Yeah, resonate with who you are or isn't up to your potential. Like she she definitely saw a, a lot more potential in me than a lot, anybody else had, and I think that's what kind of has opened your eyes to it. Yeah, and that's one reason why I want to do that same thing for other people. Like I want to like I want to like See someone doing their work and be like, man, I see my work ethic in that person. I would like to see what they could do. I would like to promote their podcast for them, help them market their podcast and get it out there. And that's really one thing that why I started this and why I kind of have pushed you into doing this. And I'm glad that you decided to do it with me because if you wouldn't have decided to do it with me, it was either going to be me doing it myself or me doing it with someone else and I'd rather have someone that I'm way more comfortable with than talking to either just the mic or someone that I'm mildly comfortable with but having you in the process of coming into my co-host position my co-producer position which essentially I hope to build past us having to take the full workload I I initially it's going to be like this but once we build our brand a little bit more we can progress and 
allow people to come into our team, and we would really love that, to be honest. Bring others in, let them share their ideas, which might, you know, help our ideas flourish even more. Um, having more people, having more ideas is ideal when dealing with what we're trying to do. In my head, I don't want this to to just end up being a podcast. Sure, that's where it's starting, and it's young, and we're trying to figure out how to grow it. And I think having two heads in the game is definitely better than one. We have two people, you know, researching, coming up with different ideas and strategies on what to do, how to do it, what to talk about. You see this table right here, which isn't very good for our, well, we don't really have video viewers yet because we're just an audio show at the moment we're going to progress and get to the point where we're we're going to be a video show as well but this table that we have here our podcast table it is pushed to the corner of the room which is essential for my brother and I doing this podcast by ourselves however I would like to get to the point where it's in the center of a room it has six tape or it has six chairs around it so we can have we can hold court like Arthur yeah, we it's can, the motherfucking we, round table, bitch. We can't steal that. We no, can't we steal can't. I mean, I'm just saying. Rhett and Link say, say that. It's a, the, the round table of dim lighting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just really want to like build around this table and script write and come up with ideas, come up with any to- sort of topics that anybody would like to <laughs> l- hear about or... Like, I would love to get to the point where we have producers on the other side of the table that we can chime in with and people that we can help build portfolios and repertoires with and say, like, maybe even if we are doing this nonprofit for a while, even if they're just getting experience doing it, it's recorded. Once we have video, we can document their time. We can physically do anything to help them out in the future, like... Any sort of production, like, experience is better if you do this on the side once a week. It's going to benefit you, even if you're just sitting here being our production person, listening in and in on, our, on our audio, which right now I know is not the greatest, but we're, we're going to soundproof a room for you guys here soon where it's really going to sound great, and I really hope you guys are ready for what we're going to build for you guys because this is... Just the beginning, we're on episode three. We have a huge goal list set in mind for this year, and we have a lot of plans for you guys. A lot of things are set, being set in motion, logo-wise, production-wise, um, character logo-wise for me and Malcolm. It's just, it's all coming into, it's all, everything's rolling right now, and it's just a good feeling, but... I really appreciate anybody who comes in and supports us because this is really something that I would really love to do for the rest of my life because I've been a person, back to my work story a little bit, I've been a person that has gone from job to job, like food food work-wise, I went from job to job after I graduated, and then I found myself working in factories a whole lot, used to work at a factory that, there was an auto bar production factory, so like, it was hoisting up huge metal bars into a six-cylinder machine that would spin at crazy speeds and pretty much like old metal lathes, but huge. They were made in the 40s, so learning how to run those was crazy and just doing all the 
the stuff in like in general around factories just learning that hard work ethic in that in that form was kind of formative for me but I really just didn't like busting my back seven days a week like 12 hours a day it's just if I could do something where I'm truly happy even if I'm nervous even if I'm stumbling even if I'm saying like and um and but a shit ton man I don't give a shit as long as I can project how I feel and make anybody interested and intrigued and listening to us, I really want to just continue to put out content for them because it's just something that I really like to do. It's just a release from the everyday life. It's something that I can... It's therapeutic, really. It is. I mean, just getting our thoughts out, being able to hear them played back like it... It's weird to me listening to our own episodes, which, I mean, I, I like to do because I like to know how I can improve. Yeah, I scrub through them mostly because I remember most of the conversation, but I, I do listen to them just to make sure that they're good audio-wise and whatnot, but I do scrub through them to make sure that they do sound good. But it's just something that I've really found myself wanting to do for the past year and I really appreciate you coming and doing this with me but how do you feel like we already work together outside of our creative sense but how do you feel about living together working together and then being creatives together at this point I feel as if it's not hard anymore because of work our work ethic together like I feel as though I would probably get more mad at you at our actual work rather than this work because i mean this is something we enjoy doing yeah so it i mean it's easier i think as the work relationship grows on this front i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything about the other job work wise with you because i mean that's that's what we're doing right now just to make ends meet. This is what we're trying to do forever. So when it comes down to it to me, our working relationship is going to go through ups and downs. It's going to go through changes. Um, it's probably going to make our overall relationship change. But I think in time, growing something together out of nothing, building this step by step figuring it all out as we go together i mean it's only going to bring us closer it's, oh, yeah. it's going to have to yeah i mean we're definitely going to butt heads every once in a while creatively or we're going to have different ideas different things we want to do <coughs> different directions. that's one thing that like i was saying i want to fill this table full of people like so when we're script writing when we're preparing for the shows we can have a fucking staff meeting here and have fun drink drinks do whatever, and just fucking bullshit and make a, a damn good show for the listeners. Like, if anybody is genuinely interested that has audio background or would like to learn audio background because I have a general sense of it, Malcolm's learning a little bit about it from me and through any other thing that he can learn from, like, just learning off the internet. But it's really just something that we want to help project people. We really want to help 
get people out of their shells and doing something that they're not comfortable with, or if they are comfortable with it, coming down and sitting here with us and having a damn good conversation. Yeah, I mean, building connections, like we've said before, that's what we're what we're here to do. But we also personally want to grow this podcast into a not just the podcast but the brand as a whole so we can bring in different people do different types of media have different outlets uh i mean it's really it's big plans starting in a small place for me like we're starting small but we have big ideas of where we want to take this into the future and i think to putting in the work grinding building show ideas we're just now painting the landscape yeah, I mean, it's this is just the beginning for us, so... Laying the foundation. I mean, it's just... I said it's just like 18 times in the past minute. <laughs> but it's make, just... Gotta, gotta make fun of yourself every once in a while, right? Um, but it's just... Did it on purpose. I just think that the more we do it, the more ideas we come up with, the better it'll sound, the the more listeners hopefully we'll end up having, and the more feedback we'll get from listeners will allow us to put, keep putting out content that you want to hear, that you care about, that you want to come back to and listen to our voices, even if they're unappealing or if they're appealing, if you come here just to hear us talk about everything and nothing. Like the plan was, right? Right. I mean, we've generally made this show in the aspect of just coming on here and utter bullshitting our our, our night away, but I really think this is going to be, become more of a topical show where we kind of just discuss the topics that we feel at that week, where we sit down and we're like, well, what do we feel this week? That's really how I think the general sense of this show is going to be and that's where we're going to end up pushing this so i mean we'd really love fan suggestions of topics you guys would like to hear about and any sort of fan input on our brand new facebook page that we just created before this episode um we got a lot of likes initially right away and we really appreciate that guys we really appreciate any sort of support that we get through you guys from any sort of social media um, platforms. Um, if it's a follow, if it's one listen, if it's one suggestion to a friend, it, it means the world to us because it shows that we're not doing this just for, for nothing. us. We're, we're not doing it just for us and not for just ourselves and not for no one to hear. It's really nice to know that people are like, take the time of the day to take someone aside and be like, man... I really enjoyed this conversation that I heard over the over this podcast. You guys should really take a take a look at it and check it out if you guys have the time. Like I really feel like if someone takes someone aside to say that to them, then they genuinely genuinely enjoyed what we put out. And if you guys do genuinely enjoy what Peter <laughs> if you guys do genuinely enjoy what we put out then go ahead and like it share it and subscribe to our channel because like we get, we are 
constantly going to be working. These next few weeks, guys, we're going to be putting out so much content for you guys. And we really do apologize for not ha- having not, like, really planned out the first couple episodes. We kind of did it every week, and we should have really archived a couple episodes for you guys because it wasn't right that we put it out and it was one episode and then you guys didn't have anything to listen to right after so the next couple weeks we're going to be really working on uh we're going to amp it up and really archive a bunch of episodes for you guys and really give you guys a lot to listen to uh hopefully right in a row one after another and i really hope that's something that you guys will enjoy and i mean for those who support us, we really do have a big announcement coming up. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, we have we've had some ideas in the works works of something we could do to um, show the listeners that have tuned in to the two episodes so far, who will tune into this episode, who have messaged us, give us idea, given us ideas, or just messaged us to let us know that they're following. Um, what we're going to do is we actually are going to purchase the the same bottle of whiskey that we're drinking on tonight's episode. Yep. It's uh, Screwball. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. It is uh, pretty damn good. It's 70 proof, and it is a 750 milliliter bottle, and it's just it's pretty fucking good, guys. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Whoever, whoever may like win it we don't really know how we're gonna go about actually i i mean i kind of have an idea of what i think the best way to do this would be um so today is march 30th we're gonna post this episode hopefully tomorrow march 31st so once the episode is posted starting march 31st if you refer somebody to the show if they then like the page, if they could send us a message saying who referred the show to them, we will keep a running tally. At the end of, let's say, two weeks. So two weeks. So from the 31st to the 13th. On April 13th, we will announce who has the most referrals. So the person that refers us the most will be the winner of the Screwball Whiskey. We will send and, it to you personally. And a personalized gift from the both of us. Yes. So that's that's our, that's our one way we're going to say thank you to start for I now. Mean, Hopefully it can grow from here. Come and on, man. If It's a free bottle of fucking whiskey. Can you really complain when it's free fucking alcohol we're going to send you? It's free alcohol. Well, um, we can't condone underage drinking, yeah, so, so you, you have to be over the age of 21 to, to win. Yes. Please be 21. The winner, please be 21. If not, we will find something to send that winner and then send this bottle of whiskey to the second place person. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, like, who can complain on free free drinks? I mean... Plus, I mean, personalized gifts from me and David, the show's host. I mean, wouldn't you be excited to just get free shit from people? I mean, yeah, and especially something that tastes this damn good. But, I mean, I know we're asking you a small favor... But we're trying, we're working here to put out good content, and we hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, if you could just do this small, simple favor for us and try to refer us one person, two, two people, who knows. At the end of two weeks, if you've referred, if it's only five people and that happens to be the, be the winner, thank you. Thank you for everybody you get to listen to us, even if it's only one episode. We, it means the world to us that you're at least trying to spread the word about the content that we're putting out for you. 
Oh, yeah. Really, we just want to build our fan base and build our audience because it's just something that comes hand in hand with doing this. We're not going to want to do it for no one. I mean, we're, we, we're, we're going to do it for no one if, we, if no one listens. Yes. We're going to continue to do this no matter what. But if we can a- apply something like this every month for you guys, we will be more than welcome to do a giveaway every month because that's just something that we, we want to give back to you. We want to give back to content, you for your time. Think about like you guys put in the time to listen to our whole episode. If you got to into an hour and 20 minutes of this, you figured out that you might win a fucking bottle of whiskey. Fucking referral people. We'll get you a bottle of whiskey if you guys do us right and fucking refer people to our show. It's just something that we really want to do for you guys because... It means the world to us that you're giving us a chance. As podcast listeners and like podcast enthusiasts, that's something like... If I could listen to a podcast, if I could listen to, say, Joe Rogan Experience and he'd send me a fucking free kettlebell for referring a bunch of people to his show... I'd be fucking referring everybody. Now, granted, he doesn't need that kind of publicity, but we're trying things here to extend our message, to broaden our reach, and hopefully through your guys' help, we can do that. It's really something that I've thought a lot about in this last week because we were struggling with the the script writing of this episode the other day because we mainly focused it on the the YMW Melly thing, but we didn't really get into who we are as people yet. So we kind of diverted from that and we, we may give you guys a whole episode on the Melly case. If you guys would like it, let us know in the comments or on our Facebook page, what you guys would like to hear. But anyways, we just kind of wanted to give you guys a background story on who we are and letting you guys know your guys' hosts of the juice box time podcast and just Who we are, why we feel the way we feel. I mean, there's obviously going to be more stuff that comes up. I mean, we we scratched the surface for who we are as people. We scratched the surface for who we were growing up. There's definitely a shit ton more stories to tell, which will come later in episodes. We're on episode three, man. We're, if we do this at the rate that we're going to be doing it for you guys, it's going to be crazy. Let's just say tentatively we want to have an... A hundred episodes in by the end of the year. By the end of the year, we're gonna have not not the end of episodes. this year, but the end of a full calendar year of us recording. And not only a hundred episodes, we would like to have guests galore, guys. If you are genuinely interested in coming on the show, the only reason we haven't had a guest the past two weeks is because of the coronavirus stuff. It's just, it's kind it's, of it's too hard to plan right now. It's very hard to plan, and it's just. It's all a little reckless. I mean, we'd all be talking into the same mics, so it's really not all that sanitary at the moment. But it's just something that we are genuinely interested in having people come into our show and talking and just letting us know who they are as people, giving us a little like scratch on the surface of who they are and how they grew up. It also gives us uh, more to talk about. Other, other topics to hit because they're going to have interests that they want to talk about that's going to allow us to, you know, talk about more stuff in general. Yeah, and people who do have interests, think about that, guys. Like, think about telling your story and think about, like, 
when you tell your story, the ones that you enjoy telling to people, like think about the glory and the, the joy that you feel after you tell it, after you make someone smile and after you make someone genuinely intrigued. So imagine doing that on air with us and imagine doing that over the course of an hour and a half per se and allowing us as genuine listeners at the table and then applying our production to your story and allowing our listeners to hear it hear it and honestly feel the same like interest in in what you were whatever story you may have told it's just something that we really want to do for you guys so basically to sum it up if you'd like to be a guest hit us up we'll work a way to set that up you know time there's no time telling right now with how much you know this is gonna take effect maybe we look into setting up i don't know skype or something if we could if not you know later dates we'll definitely start having guests come in if that's the case and we gotta wait we'll just keep doing episodes like this with me and david um and if that's the case we'd love ideas shoot them out give us topics that you want us to talk about that you'd like to hear from us specifically and we will work them into scripts give us content to give you content yes give us content to give you content as you so eloquently put yes and remember guys refer someone to our show you may win a bottle of screwball whiskey don't just peanut butter whiskey guys and just letting you know we are not even fucking we're not even promoted by this this company we're just doing it on our own because it's so fucking good um like don't just refer though remember to tell the person you are referring to let us know that you referred them so we can tally your name and Really give it to the person that deserves it. I and mean, then, you all deserve it. You all, de- but we can't give it to every. We can't buy you all a bottle then, of whiskey. But then it's a foot race. If you tell someone and they refer a bunch of people, then they could win the whiskey. Yeah. So you got. I mean, you could. Just you got to refer going. people, guys. Yeah. You got to. I mean, somebody might end up referring a thousand people. Just think about that. Be that would be fucking that. crazy. <laughs> <That'd> be awesome, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Someone please do that. Share this to your entire fucking feed, guys. If someone does that, if someone, if someone literally (laughs) shares this to their entire feed, guys, I might just buy you guys a bottle for yourself. I mean, that's all on you. I didn't say anything about that. (laughs) Money's fucking tight, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, this has been the Juicebox Time Podcast, guys, and we really hope you guys enjoyed it. I am your host, David Lee McAllister. And I'm Malcolm and... Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. We love you guys, and we really hope you guys come back for episode four. Till next time. And five, and six, and seven.